All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications when we release a new video or go live, and of course, upvote the video itself. We'd appreciate it. You can comment below. All of this would be good things. I'm here with Kara McCutcheon for her weekly hit on the show, and she's got some stuff to talk about. I think Jeff Levy's up to something up in Oklahoma, is he not? Yeah, for not really playing anybody, um, he's sure talking a big game. Um, I think he said after the game, and and of course I don't know what the question was that wasn't stated, but it just says, I believe we're in a better spot than we were as a unit at prior stops, UCF, Ole Miss. I think it's because of who is catching the snap. We've got a guy who has great understanding. We've taken great care of the football. Well, first off, I don't know if he knows this, but his current quarterback was his quarterback um, at UCF for at least, I think, a season. Um, and to even compare Dylan Gabriel right now, um, I'm not hating on Dylan Gabriel, but to compare Matt Corral to Dylan Gabriel, I mean, Matt Corral started off a Heisman hopeful. He finished seventh. Um, Dylan Gabriel, I don't even know if really is in the conversation yet. Um, you know, uh, and then I think, like, in, I know he's had first two good games, but they've played UTEP and Kent State. We played last year Louisville, and then we did play Austin PA, and then Tulane. Um, so I don't really know if you can this early really say Dylan Gabriel is better than Matt Corral. Yeah, the weird thing is like he's trying to, I guess, make Oklahoma sound good and put somewhat rubber chicken circuit going on. Uh, but that is his hometown. That's where he's from. That's where he went to school. But I don't know if Oklahoma's offense is even on a level with Central Florida at this point. Dylan Gabriel at Central Florida that year was probably a better quarterback than Dylan Gabriel starting off at Oklahoma right now. Uh, it, that's that's peculiar to me. Yeah, I I don't understand the comments. I think, um, you know, he has some explaining to do on that. I don't think it's a good idea to go in and make statements against your former program. Sorry. Um, so uh, I don't think it's good to, I'm sorry. My lab is really wanting to see you. Uh, he can hear your voice. Um, so I think for Dilly Gabriel or Levy, I just think it's way too soon to even start that kind of narrative. And if somebody does ask a question along those lines, it's very easy for a coach to say, it's hard to compare between two programs while they're playing in the same offense. Um, it's hard to compare the two uh, against who they're playing, against their styles. Like It's very easy to narrate that answer a little bit different than what Levy did. Yeah, and I, I don't remember a coach that had a quicker fall from grace. If you go back just before the Mississippi State game, there was conversations being had amongst prominent people. Uh, Jeff Levy was the guy if Lane leaves in December. And Jeff Levy's the guy. And, and, and it started to do that. And then – like five weeks later, it completely turned around. And now at the point where if Lane leaves, Jeff Levy won't even get a phone call. Yeah, I think he's definitely burned some bridges. And um, I just think that kind of really shows his character more than it does anything else. Um, you know, I think even if you were not wanting the job ever, you would definitely still show a little respect to the prior programs you've been at. Um, so, you know, it just kind of shows to his character and, and the person he is with statements like that. And especially to kind of say something like that about Matt Corral, who 
he had supposedly such a close relationship with. And Matt said a lot of great things about Jeff um, prior and how much he was in his development. So I just think it's kind of crazy that, uh, you know, Jeff Levy would make such statements. Yeah, people need to realize with this staff and with most coaching staffs, the public narrative that they want you to believe is not necessarily really the case. That's just what they want to present out to people in order for questions not to be asked and the most leeway, the most rope they can get there. But anyway, let's move on to this Ole Miss team. Ole Miss beat Central Arkansas this um, past Saturday. And I don't want you to talk too much on it, but what are your impressions on that game? So I'm not going to go into all the other things that most have talked about. What I'm going to go into that I want to discuss is, you know, this team, there was a lot of discussion before about having this many transfers together. And I think this this team is really showing um, that those rumors aren't real. I think they look very much gelled. It doesn't matter if Luke in, is in. It doesn't matter if Dart's in. It doesn't matter if Kincaid did it. Like, this team looks like they're having fun. Um, one of the things when I was watching with my dad, he said, these guys look happy. They're smiling. They're um, they're celebrating. Like, these guys look like they're having a good time. And I think that's the one thing that the um, media narrative or national narrative was, oh, Lane has all these guys that are coming in and there are a bunch of transfers and the morale and how are they all going to gel? But I think that Lane and his team have done a tremendous job with all the new faces. I think these guys very much look gelled. They very much look focused. Um, they very much look like they had fun together. Uh, you can see Trigg celebrate with Luke just as much as he celebrates with Dart. Um, they all have a good relationship, it looks like. And uh, if you watch the season, it sounds like Dart and Luke have a very good relationship with each other. They understand it's a competition, but they're not um, negatively towards each other. They kind of almost root for each other. So I think a lot of that um, you know, national narrative has really been shut down, and I contribute that to Lane and how well they've done. Yeah, the jump from week one to week two was quite pronounced. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure it's even going to get a little bit better on the road at Georgia Tech. Before we get into that game a little bit, I do like this whole episode today. I've been kind of shooting down this narrative where people have said, you will not know anything about this team until after Kentucky. And that is not the case. The What you will know after Kentucky is if Ole Miss can compete with Alabama. Because mm -hmm. Kentucky's probably right now in the running for the third best SEC team. There's other things that you can know. There's other things that you can pay attention to. But if you can, if only competing with Alabama is all you care about about this team, yes, you get all your answers in Kentucky. Otherwise, there's all kinds of stuff that you can take from game to game. Even Central Arkansas, we learned some, some stuff about players. Not necessary talent, but we're talking about operationally. The stuff outside that they need to do to clean it up. The focus against an inferior opponent. That's important stuff, and that just gets glossed over by, by people from time to time when if you just really dig into what's going on, what they're saying is, we won't know anything about this team until after Kentucky. What they're really saying is, we won't know if this team can play with Alabama until after Kentucky. Yeah, I think um, a lot of the stuff with Kentucky is we don't, I guess we ourselves don't really appreciate the, the matchups that we have in those first four games. Um, we kind of stack ourselves a little bit higher there. I think that Tulsa game is going to be actually a pretty difficult game. Um, 
coming up, and we talked about that yesterday. I really think that Tulsa game is going to be um, a little bit different there. Uh, I think it's going to be harder than people are going to give Tulsa credit for. Um, but I think a lot of things you can see is kind of some of the stuff you're seeing at other schools. If you look, uh, Oklahoma struggled um, a little bit before they got it together. Um, Clemson struggled a little bit before they got it together. Uh, a lot of teams have really kind of struggled this season against teams that, you know, normally they would blow out. So we've seen a lot of group of fives step up. And um, I mean, I think it's been great for football, honestly. Uh, but even look at Texas, like you got a lot of new guys there and they've done well. So uh, they looked well. So I think there's been a lot of narratives that with transfers and all these different things and what you're saying, but there's definitely things you can see from this before mm-hmm. we play Kentucky and the things that we're kind of putting that we are advancing on, we might just not have it all together yet without that key piece yeah. that we've been waiting for. Yeah, it's just one of those things. And, and like, if you think about it, everybody talks about the NFL going from four preseason games to three. And that became a big um, week one talking point. It's like this offense is not going to be sh- as sharp because they took away a preseason game. Well, when I was working at Ole Miss, we had – sometimes five scrimmages in a fall camp. This Ole Miss team had two and a mock game, but two real scrimmages. And the sloppiness in week one, that's almost to be expected because, I mean, you cannot use that excuse in the NFL and not have it trickle down to college a little bit as well. They just don't have the reps. And as these reps come, they're going to get better and better and better as they go. Because, like I said, I I, I equate these first four games – to quizzes in Kentucky being the exam. Mm-hmm. These four tests are not going to get you an A in the class. These four tests can make sure the best you can do is a C in the fi- on the final grade. <laughs> so you need to do well. You want to do well in these quizzes and then do well on the exam um, when Kentucky's available. I agree. Um, and looking forward to Georgia Tech, I think we will have a little bit of a test against Georgia Tech. I uh, think their defense looks pretty good. Um, you know, if you look at our stat line numbers compared to theirs, um, it's not too far off. Uh, I think the biggest keys for Georgia as we're moving there uh, for Atlanta this weekend is to really kind of take down the run game. It looks like their they're star running back, if you can kind of quiet him, uh, that's the key. It'd make uh, Sims throw. <laughs> looks like that as mm-hmm. the key there is making the quarterback throw and getting to him. So if we can uh, call down Dante, is it Dante Smith? Dante Smith. Don, yes, I think it's Dante. I had Candace Cooper, and I think she said Dante. Mm-hmm. And and but, I, I think um, that Ole Miss has a chance in this Georgia Tech game to affect the quarterback. Now, the only way Georgia Tech makes this a game is if, if Steve, a Steven Garcia-like performance is done by Jeff Smith, Jeff Sims. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I think they stay in it. I think Ole Miss covers. I think Ole Miss, I think they hit the under. But that's where I'm looking this game. I think for us, like, I think the biggest thing um, with their defense and everything is we might be a similar in Clemson's game where we struggle a little bit the first half and then we really just kind of come together in that second half and, and go from there. Um, I think uh, if we see Dart, our trick or sorry dart or luke um either one i think 
we still have some young mistakes that are going to happen with any kind of quarterback. Uh, they're going to make mistakes this season. Those things are coming. Um, so there'll probably be some mistakes in this game. Uh, there's probably going to be some interceptions, and uh, we just have to look past those. They also have the added pressure, the competition still on both of them, so they're going to be forcing things. Um, so I think that first half might have a little bit to it, but I think they fine-tune and make the adjustments needed for the second half. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, get more on the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second listen. Everyday host Chris Gordy and his local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On SEC your second listen. Locked On SEC. Kara, thank you so much for joining us. Um, enjoy the game, and it should be a lot of fun. And we got um, Stuart Patridge and Walker Jones for the postgame show this week, so it should be pretty cool. Thanks so much, Stephen. Hi, Tati. Hotty toddy.